2: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: The tires and light the fires,
1: Big Daddy. The matchups. The superstars. The games.
3: Starting defense. Place at the table.
1: This is Football Sunday on the Fan. A comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one. And I mean, no one comes into
0: our house and pushes us around.
1: This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. We are still here from 8 till 10 a.m., three weeks in a row. So hopefully you figured out the schedule, although we're going to switch it on you again next week. But uh hi, we're here. Rashad, Joe, Mike here with you. How's it yeah, going, guys? Yeah, you know, we're
3: we're here, but dang, it's it's early, man. This is
1: Well, it's also because we are a week away from or two weeks away from daylight savings happening again. And it's darker and darker in the morning now. Did you did you notice that when you woke up this morning? I, I had a difficult time remembering that I had to come in and do the show. My alarm was going off and I was like, Why did I set my alarm? It's early.
3: I it's, know, it's dark the-
1: out. And I turned the alarm off. I actually turned it off, the most dangerous thing to do. And I got up, and I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and I was like, I'm going to go back to sleep. And I went, oh, it's Sunday. I'm not going to go back to sleep. I'm going to get up and take a shower and then get in to go to work. <laughs>
3: yeah, no, I, I noticed the, 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 not the weather, but the, the brightness outside yesterday or the lack, of, lack thereof. I woke up, you know, it was like 630, did something on a Saturday, which I tend to do. For whatever reason, Saturday okay. mornings are the one day that I plan to get up early. Aren't, don't you Can't. also go
1: to sleep really late on Saturday nights? Sometimes. So you must get like really tired.
3: Not really, man. My sleep, oh. my I, my my sleep pattern isn't that bad. I guess I don't know for whatever reason I should be. You're right, should be exhausted, but I'm I'm not. But I woke up yesterday and looked at like, damn, it's dark, but it's like yeah, it's like seven a.m. So, you know, give some time. I looked back outside at like three o'clock. I was like, damn, it is really dark out here. Like what's happening. So we're just now getting to that time that, you know, it'll uh, switch back. It feels like every all day is that two 30 feeling.
1: Uh, I, okay. I don't want, this is such a tangent that I like to do because it bothers me. So they're in Oregon and Washington and California. They're discussing removing daylight savings time as a thing, right? It's it's, they're going to potentially pass it into law uh, Arizona currently is the only state, I believe, that doesn't do daylight savings time. There might be another one, but I think it's just Arizona. So Arizona switches from mountain time to Pacific time when daylight savings time happens and then back again. Um, the the three West Coast states we're talking about, I think even like Idaho and and, and, and Nevada are talking about it too, of just abolishing daylight savings time. And I, I understand the logic behind it. Daylight savings time was created because of farmers, I think, like literally because they... they wanted to go out and do stuff on their farms and they wanted the sunlight to do it. And we don't really need it anymore. It's not a necessary thing, but if we got rid of it, this is my problem with getting rid of it is as it gets later into the winter, it's going to stay dark for so much longer every morning. It's not going to get light until like 9am. And I'm sitting here like, why would we want to do that to ourselves? Don't we want sunlight to help wake us up? Don't we like waking up and like, ah, he, oh, it's it, I can see the brightness outside. Cool. It's morning. Let's go. When I'm waking up and it's this dark out, I do not want to get out of bed. It's still nighttime in my brain. So that's why I'm like, I don't understand why people are so like, yeah, it doesn't matter. It's just dark.
3: I think people just don't want to go through the hassle of there are still people with wall clocks. Like, for instance, we have, like, two of them just in here in the studio. Now, mind you, we're a radio station. and I don't think any of
1: them works, so I don't know. No, yeah,
3: this one over here, it says 805. That one works. And then The
1: one above you says 806, so which one's right?
3: That one, oh, and then the one on the wall says 450. <laughs> so, well, so one of them is for sure wrong. But they both, you know, they're both. So, I mean, I think people don't want to go through the hassle of, changing clocks and changing your car and you know always if you still have to oh no you don't want to go to the stove and press a button five times probably not (gasps) mine's will stay that (laughs) to stay that time for for weeks in cars nowadays
1: you can literally press one button daylight savings on off
3: yeah i mean (laughs) that's so that's those are the people that have those cool uh back to the future you know no i have a 10
1: year old car and i can still do that in my let's, car let's, let's
3: brag about it lynch i am okay no but i mean i just i don't know i don't i think i don't think people really care one way or the other you know it's, apparently it's cool. they i mean i care people act like they, it's, it's it's fake outrage you know no one really cares if they're like oh we're no more daylight savings none of us are going to be like huh? what what will we do like it's it I'm, is what it is
1: i'm gonna feel that way you know why? Because in two weeks we get an extra hour of sleep, and that's fantastic.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. For for and three, then, so you so you're willing to risk it all for for one extra hour of sleep? <laughs> maybe,
1: <laughs> I mean, risk it all? Maybe, what am I risking? I'm maybe, just I'm just annoyed that they're changing. Maybe it. Maybe just go to bed sooner? Question mark? Oh, but but what? But then you just, miss out on the evening activities. Man, what activities? Uh watching TV, playing games. <laughs> comfortably sitting on the couch no. you know that kind of stuff
3: i guess you can't miss that
1: i mean i can miss it i mean for what though if i'm going to sleep then
3: i'm missing it. I'll, I'll be honest i just told you i just had the most one of the most wonderful weekends just yes you did lounging man Am i mind because i don't i don't really get a chance to do that as often and so uh it was it was pretty cool just to watch tv and then you know maybe maybe take a nap get up and play 2k you know, maybe take another nap. It's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's pretty fun.
1: Well, you told me that you started a squid game, which is good. I did
3: start squid games. So I'm, I, I'm I was not tired done with the seeing, first
1: season either, but I, uh, I'm through season? six now. No, no, no. It's the, it's the first oh, okay. season. Oh, okay. But uh, I'm I'm through the first six episodes of it after last night. And you're Man, through three now?
3: Intense. Very. Like I, was, I, was, I love it. And I was, you know, kind of thinking like, well, would what, what I, what I play? You know, because I think I can win some of these. Some of these kid games, however, would you I'm not keen on getting shot?
1: Right. Well, would you, know? you play in the world of that game where they didn't tell you you would die? Spoiler alert! Sorry, sorry guys. Oh, I mean, everyone knows that now because it happens in the first episode. Uh, if you if you lose the kid games, you get killed. So, but they don't tell you that when you sign up. Would you, in that world, be like, oh? There's a game that I could win a bunch of do- millions of dollars? Playing jacks? Yeah. And then what would happen if you found out that you could get killed? Uh, would, well, you, would you would you have voted to stay or to leave?
3: Oh, I'm gone. Oh, you're Number leaving? One, I, I think I, once once you find out that, hey, you know, people are getting shot. Like, after that first one, it's like, okay, yeah, let me out, bro. I'm, find, I'm finding some way to uh, start a rebellion. We're getting out of here.
1: I think I would have been killed in that first one because – it's really hard to not move a muscle like you like stop and you're like have to stay completely still no way yeah, talking I, about red light green light by the yeah, way i
3: thought it, i thought it was really well done you know kind of reminds me of obviously with the dubs you know those old ninja movies that you know i that I used to watch they used to come on channel 12 you know late night and stuff so
1: yeah i've heard i've heard that it's actually better to watch it with the subtitles and in korean because the the dub kind of takes away some of the absolutely like feeling of it. But uh, I, I'm watching that, it in dubbed as well because my girlfriend has trouble with subtitles. Yeah, and honestly, but, I
3: think there are some people that just don't want to read. Oh, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily that you know they can't. It's just that reading that part is super annoying, and especially if you're not that fast of a well, My girlfriend has
1: dyslexia a little bit, so it's really difficult when uh, the subtitles come, come on and they're moving quickly, and she's, just, she's got you know, no, jumbled mess in her yeah, head.
3: It's, it's, yeah. it's one of those things, man. So I actually, like, some of my favorite movies have subtitles. You know, City of God is one of the greatest gangster movies of all time, in my opinion. If you've never seen City of God, check it out, man. But that mo- that whole movie is, you know, subtitled.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, the movie Sotsi, which I like a lot, which is based on City of God, or at least similar, is also all subtitles. Um, God, I'm happy you've seen that movie. Yeah, Every time I bring that movie up, people are like, what are you talking about?
3: I am a Sundance channel type of guy. Ah, you know? That so, one
1: Best Foreign Film at the Oscars. Yeah, so and I, I saw it in filmmaking class in high school. And I have been in love with it ever since. That actually, is such a good movie. It's
3: funny. I actually saw it in filmmaking in college hey. for whatever reason. Well, it's got so, great cinematography. Yeah, I was, and I was really, the first day, I was like, why are we watching this? This is stupid. And then you're watching it. And, and then like, I'm watching it. It's like, this oh, is okay, this is, this is dope. Yeah, so.
1: Go watch Satsi, guys. T-S-O-T-S-I. It's South African. It's, uh, it's really, 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 really good. <laughs> like, really emotionally charged and
3: just good. When's the last great movie you saw, Joe? Last great movie I'm, I was going to ask you that as well, Lynch. I'm trying to think. Like, I can't remember the last time I saw a movie and was <sighs> truly like, huh. That was, that was, actually, I'll take that back. Uh, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah was awesome.
1: Mm, I haven't seen that one. I saw the ads for that one. Yeah. Truly great movie. God, that's that's a difficult question to yeah. throw at me with one minute left in the segment. No.
3: Well, you think <laughs> Or about it's that. perfect maybe, because maybe we we'll have time to think about yeah, it. Maybe maybe we'll come back to that. But honestly, I just I can't think of the last you know movie that I was like, man, that was great. I need to see that again.
4: I'm just trying to think of the last movie I watched in general. Yeah, well, with COVID,
1: <laughs> you don't go to the theaters as much anymore. So it's or at all. So it's like. Oh, what's on TV or what's on HBO Max? I've
3: been to the theater once, and it's when uh, I took some students to go see Boogie about the uh, what? Asian basketball player and from New York, and Pop Smoke was in it. Jeremy Lin? <laughs> no, but I don't know if maybe it's the Jeremy Lin story. I'm not sure, but either way, the the movie itself wasn't very good. Last great
1: movie. That's really difficult. Well, text us your thoughts, 503-250-1080. What's the last great movie you saw? Uh, Okay, we got football upcoming and I'm going to throw a little Blazers in here in this first hour as well, because they uh, they played two games and and we've got a little bit of an idea of what they look like at this point. Or do we? Ducks win. Beavs win. Blazers win. We've got our fantasy scramble coming up at nine thirty. That's in the second hour. We have our hater love it coming up at nine fifteen and a little NFL chatter as well. But we will begin with uh, the Oregon Ducks and the Oregon State Beavers both getting big wins High scoring, close games. It was a fun Saturday to watch local college football.
0: There's joy in every journey.
1: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. It's 16 here on your Sunday morning. Football Sunday. We're about to get into the Ducks and the Bees here. Rashad asked before the break, what's the last great movie that you saw? And I still don't have an answer for you, Rashad. The only thing that pops into my head, and it's not the last one I saw, but it's a movie that I really like. It's not a great movie, but I just really, really, really like it is Baby Driver. Um, I-, I saw it recently on TV again, which was like the second or third time I saw it. It's just really well done. And like it, it it's one of those where it's, it's like an action movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a great movie, quote unquote. But I don't know Kevin Spacey's in it and... He's a creep, but, uh, the, the, the cinematography and the music editing is so top notch in that movie because the main character is listening to music all the time. So, he so much like
3: some inner ear issue or something like that. Right. Or no,
1: he's just, uh, he just he drives. Just, he just needs like, he needs the, music the because soundtrack. of what happened in his childhood. Yeah. Um, but so much of it is like the editing is amazing because he'll put a song on for himself. And then they'll edit the scene to that song, and it'll be, like, perfect. And, like, each m- cut in the music is a cut in the action, and it's really, really, really good. Um, so that's the only one that keeps popping in my head. I haven't really watched a lot of movies the last two years because of COVID. That's you know, saw-
3: all I've been doing is watching movies because of COVID.
1: Yeah, no, I, I have not watched a lot of them. I saw Tenant when it came out. That was the new Christopher Nolan movie. It was wildly confusing the first time I saw it. It's good. I mean, I like Christopher Nolan movies. It's got, it's got a lot of good things in it, but it's not great. So I don't know. I have no idea.
4: Well, the last two movies I watched are movies that I've seen plenty of times. Uh, one of them, classic, Day After Tomorrow. I mean, that's, who, that's a great movie. Who doesn't love that? The one? last great movie Joe's seen is Day After Tomorrow. <laughs> and then Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, another classic. I want
3: to go see that in the theater at the Lloyd Center. But the last
4: like movie that I saw for the first time that was truly great um, was that uh, stand-up special, Bo Burnham Inside. Uh, that was a Netflix special. Which yeah, was? I got to watch
1: that. It's supposed to be great.
4: Yeah, great. Uh, first half of it really funny, and then it gets uh, it gets pretty dark and introspective. But I feel like uh, a lot of people have said it's like a perfect summary of what a lot of people felt like during the last year and a half during the COVID times. So, um, yeah, very good. Couple
1: of texts came in five zero three two five zero ten eighty. What's the consensus on subtitles? I have them on everything, and I pick up so much more. I don't mind subtitles. Um, the only thing I don't like about them is that I feel like I miss things on the screen because I'm reading like even just like little facial things. Or maybe if something quick happens, you'll miss it. Uh, oftentimes I'll put them on if like the mix of a show is weird or, you know, you want to listen to it a little quieter because like, you know, for example, my roommate sits behind me at his computer usually and he has head- headphones on. But like if I'm watching something that needs to be louder, I don't want to jack the volume. If he's doing something else, so I'll put the subtitles on. Um, but I mean, we got a text too from P1 Raymond that says I, I struggle to read fast enough to see it. So I think a lot of people will have that too. It's just, especially in fast dialogue, I don't know. It's tough to follow the subtitles. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't,
3: I'm not a big subtitles guy. Like, mind you, I don't, I don't mind them, especially on some, on a good movie. I'm not gonna say turn them off or you know let's try to figure it out. But you know, if it's already in English, they, dr- they draw your eyes though. Yeah. Even
1: even if they're on, you like naturally go look at yeah. them.
3: I have a quick story before we get to sports. So. Uh, my son used to leave the TV on at night when he was going to sleep. And I would always come in there and turn it off and then come back in the morning. Mind you, it'd be three in the morning when I turn it off and i come back to wake him up for school and the TV would be on still. But the subtitles would be on Mm. every single, every night. And so one night I go in there and... I'm an expert, trust me. (laughs) One night I go in there, he just happens to be laying there and he's watching TV. But the subtitles are on. And I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, why why aren't you listening to the TV? He was like, I'm just reading it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And I was like, is that why you leave the subtitles on? Is that why the subtitles are always on? Like every TV, like wherever he falls asleep, the subtitles are on the TV. And so I was like, is that why you always do that? He's like, yeah. And I was like, man, cool, bro. Keep TV on. No problem. That's, right, because he's, really, he's reading. That's how he learned to read, yeah. if I'm being honest. Like, you know, just sitting there, just, you know, reading the subtitles on. Did uh, he have the sound off? He had sound completely off. Huh. So I had no no clue that what that's was strange doing. so i was like man that's it's kind of dope like that was super smart because i would have never have thought to do that never this, ever
1: this text came in and said knives out is really good yes if you have not seen knives out go watch knives out
3: it didn't look very
1: cool. trust me
4: i will back Mike up on this that movie is amazing Got and you. who doesn't love uh anna de armas yes <laughs> exactly
1: man um that movie i went into it like it's gonna be like clue and it'll be like a fun little movie, and then it was really, really good, okay. <laughs> really, really, really good. Yep. Um, you you will you will think you know what the twist is, and you will not know what the twist is. Mm-hmm. It's one of those where it's like, oh, duh, this is what's happening, and then it, it actually happens, and you're like, oh, oh, okay. Daniel oh, Craig I'm is great in that. I'm sold. Yep. Yep. I'm
3: um, watch Knives Out, then.
1: There's a lot of really good actors in that movie. Yeah, there is. yeah. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to start Rashad ducks or beeves Both had great games. I've, Both had huge wins.
3: They had great games. Um, let's start with the Beeves. Let's give beeves loves first. All
1: right. Well, Oregon state had a 42 to 34 win over Utah at home. Oregon state was an underdog to start this game and at halftime was down by 10 points and was having a little bit of trouble offensively Had a couple of touchdowns, but had a fumble Had a couple of punts and it was just like it wasn't clicking the way that we've seen the Beavs offense click so far up until this point. They were still running the ball pretty effectively, but the balance still wasn't really there. Remember last week we said for the Beavs to get into that picture that we thought they could make it not just bowl picture, but like seven, eight win picture. They needed a little bit more from Chance Nolan than what he had given the last two games. Yes, they were running the ball well, but they needed just a little bit more balance. It was kind of the same old story in the first half. And then it all changed. You had a touchdown to start the second half, but then you had the bock, the uh, the, bock, the blocked punt return for touchdown on the next drive, which gave the Beavs the lead immediately, really, really early in the second half. You had Chance Nolan have a pretty solid game all around again, nothing spectacular, but a couple of touchdown passes, didn't make any mistakes, was fairly efficient with the ball. And once you got the lead, it was a little bit of a back-and-forth game, but because you had the lead, you were able to kind of as long as you kept scoring, the game was in your control, and that's just kind of how it felt for the Beavs. They kept scoring. They got uh, a missed field goal for Utah on a really long drive that they had, and and that was a huge momentum swing because it was, a I think, a what was it, like a 12-13 play drive, something like that, and then uh, also stopped them a fourth down on the subsequent drive. So you had two big bend-but-don't-break uh, drives on defense, and because you had gotten the momentum back and because you had gotten the lead in the beginning of the second half, that was all she wrote. And it was still a close win. You won you won by a touchdown, but Oregon State now five and two in a game that most people didn't think the Beaves were going to be able to win. And you beat Utah, who's really, after their slow start to the season, become Thank a pretty formidable know. team in the conference. And, and there
3: you are. Uh I think you said the most important thing is the Beaves are five and two. Three and one in the Pac-12. Coming into the season, nobody would have said that the Beavs were going to be able to compete and let alone probably be a top of the of the Pac12
1: North. I think the expectation was just go 6 and 6 or That's, or try you know, try to just reach get a bowl, bowl game. game. Yeah. And
3: now at, at this point it looks like a bowl game is inevitable. Almost like you, you got know one more that, win to get you it. got one more win and uh that should be secured but there's so many things to like about this Beaver squad, man. There really, really is man. Next
1: two games, Cal and Colorado. I have a feeling they're going to get. that I, I bowl think game. they can
3: get those games. Now, mind you, I think hopefully there's no slip-ups between you know Cal and Colorado. We've seen weirder things happen, but it, it, it looks like if all goes well, this game at the end of November between Oregon and Oregon State, the former Civil War, the the Oregon football classic. Not sure what we're calling I'm kind this. of
1: still just calling it the Civil War, to be honest with you. No, I
3: think we all are still calling it the Civil War because they haven't come up with the better name, Washington football team. You know, so that's – it's exciting just because now we know that there's two Oregon, Oregon teams that we can watch all of a sudden. And it's not bad football if you watch Oregon. That was the issue. Like for three years you had really bad Jonathan Smith-led football. That's just kind of well, just being honest. It's just what it was. You saw that there were some good athletes on the field at points, but nothing to make you say, "Okay." Can I
1: amend that? I, I think you saw Jonathan Smith doing everything he could to stop the bad not, football.
3: It, it wasn't his fault. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like it, like it was his fault, but
1: I think if, he, he if, took over a horrific situation. Yeah, but
3: I, th- I think if they don't win this year, then maybe this may have been the last. You know last goal for, for Jonathan Smith, you know, or maybe, if they, maybe they give him another year if he had a bad year, but so far you're trending the right way and you've got people's attention. I think that's the big thing, especially kids here in Oregon that are, that are finishing up their football season. They're looking for somewhere to go
4: and Oregon State may, may be looking a lot better to you all of a sudden. The one thing I really like about this Beavers team is they seem like one of the more resilient teams in the nation right yep like they have had games now where they've have faced adversity like three times against uh well once against usc they found themselves selves down like 14 to 7 which i know is small and it was still early in the game but against a team like usc down in la you haven't won there in 60 years
1: that could be the death nail right
4: there yeah exactly you don't know how that goes and they responded and just beat the brakes off of them They played against Washington, and they were leading them, and then on the snap of a finger, they gave up a touchdown. Uh, They fumbled the ball and then gave up another touchdown. Before you knew it, Washington had the lead and all the momentum in that one. What'd they do? Responded, ended up winning that game, going downfield, Nolan making plays to get them in the field goal territory to win it last night. 24 14 at halftime against a utah team that's been rolling a lot of confidence and going into halftime they're feeling themselves
1: yeah you fumbled you had a couple of rough drives you know you're like the momentum's all utah's way right there. and then
4: what do you do you outscore them 28 to 10 the rest of the way and really you you had them that entire second half they're able to get the field goal late to make it an eight point possession but it still felt like that they weren't going to let utah get back in that game and have a chance to win it at all.
3: No, once they put their their foot on their necks, they're, you could tell, like, no, we're not going to let this
4: one slip away. And so that's just what's impressed me the most about the Beavers. I mean, the fact that they're 5-2, and two, great, you know, fantastic for them. Being U of O alum, you know, I'm not particularly looking forward to the end of the season <laughs> matchup. I'm getting scared more and more by the week, pass by. But just them falling behind in those games against teams that could just run away with it and responding and getting the win. Like, that's just been impressive as hell for me.
1: I think also it helps that the style of play that they have is a little mm-hmm. bit more controlled or controllable. When you pass the ball a lot and you go down in big momentum games, I feel like there's way more room for error and a couple of incomplete passes, and you have a three and out, and all of a sudden they have the ball again. But when you control the clock, when you control the possession, and when you run the ball as well as the Beavs do, there, there's almost no fear when you're losing because on any given drive, you can – March it down the field and at least get into scoring range. And just if you can avoid mistakes, you'll get some points out of it. And that kind of, I think probably breeds some confidence. If you're going into a game where you need to pass the ball a lot, although yes, you'll have more explosive plays and you have a chance to really air it out. I feel like that room for error is so much higher. Yeah. Just if you have a good offensive line and for the Beaves it doesn't matter who the running backs have been every year. The last few years, they've been all good. Uh, I mean, Jamar Jefferson was great for the last few years. But B.J. Baylor's doing fantastic. He's great. This year. If you can just run the ball that way, it takes so much pressure off the quarterback. I mean, Chance Nolan still is, he didn't throw 20 passes yesterday. He, he's not throwing 20 passes in any game. But it takes the pressure off him and just like, hey, we'll bail you out because we can run. But we're going to need you to make some throws just to have some balance here in this offense. And he did.
3: Also, you know, you know, your defense is going to be able to back you up. And I think that's an important part of what something the Beavs, that they haven't been able to do is the something last the years. important part of, of how the Beavs have been so successful. So now you have you can have your offense go in there and not worry about playing catch up and not work because when you're playing catch up, you're throwing the ball a lot. And when you throw the ball a lot and you don't have really have a lot of the athletes. You make a lot of mistakes. And that's what we're not seeing from this Beavs team right now. Chance Nolan is playing as well as any young quarterback, you know, in the country. Uh, right now, he might not have the numbers to, to prove it, you know, just yet. But I think those will come with time. BJ Baylor is probably one of the best running backs in the in the country. You know, top top 10, you know, at this point, as far as everything he's able to do. And then they got a solid receiving core. Oregon State is stacked and I'm excited to see where they go from here.
1: Big win for the Beavs coming up next. Big win for the Ducks who played their best game since Ohio State and still still had to hold their breath at the very, very end. We'll get to that next first. Joe has sports.
0: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
1: Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 the Fan. Oh uh, well, nine not nine thirty-five, eight thirty-five. So early, bro. Here on your Sunday morning, here with you till ten o'clock. Seahawks are on tomorrow. Here on the fan, which is why we're on eight till ten. Get a little three-day weekend for myself, which is nice. That's awesome. Um, Okay, Oregon beat UCLA yesterday in the 12:30 national game. You had Kirk Herbstreet on the call. It was, you know, that was the big game of the day yesterday, and uh, it lived up to the hype. Oregon got the 34-31 win over the Bruins. It was the best game the Ducks had played since the Ohio State game. They only had one bad quarter, truthfully, and that was the first quarter. The fourth quarter was well, turnovers, but they weren't actually playing badly in that quarter. The first quarter they played bad. And we've seen that from the Ducks this year where, except for the Ohio State game, they've had one or two quarters per game where they play bad football. They were down big. UCLA looked like they couldn't be stopped. Oregon couldn't get anything done on offense. And the Anthony Brown questions were coming back again. Boy, quick side note, that broadcast was doing everything in their power to support Anthony Brown yesterday. They were, they
3: were trying. They, they really were. I mean, they were... Too.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was interesting. It was like... Every time he did something good. See, this is why you stick with him. I was like, you guys are neutrals, right? Are like, what convince, is happening? Right? Like, who are you
3: trying to convince?
1: <laughs> who blackmailed you to say this? Um, and I think Anthony Brown should still be the starter. But still, I was like, this is a little bit much, guys. Come on. But uh, it was a really interesting game because Anthony Brown did play his best game since the Ohio State game. He was very accurate. He was very good uh, passing the ball uh, short to intermediate. Again, he's not really throwing the ball down the field. I don't know how much of that is him and how much of that is the offensive system. I'm not really sure. Uh, but he was better and more effective with making his decisions in the short and intermediate passes. Uh, Travis Dye. The most efficient, inefficient game I've ever seen. Four straight <laughs> carries for touchdowns. Basic. I think it was, right? Four straight yeah. carries for touchdowns. After that, he had like four, car- five carries for six yards and four touchdowns. It was insane. They couldn't run the football because UCLA has a really good running defense. And um, so they had to go to Anthony Brown. And he played well enough in those first three quarters to give them a pretty pretty big lead. It felt like in the or in the early part of the fourth quarter, the game was over and the turnover started. You had the Chris Hudson fumble, which was, I don't know if I want to call it a freshman mistake, because watching the slow-mo replay, he was holding on to the ball well enough. Like he wasn't like loose with the ball, but it, it also felt like he really should not have gotten gotten stripped in the way the the ball got stripped so I don't know I think he just dropped it yeah I mean he's honest. had a couple of fumbles as a freshman yeah. now so it could be a freshman thing could just be a him thing and then you had the pick in the end zone uh I don't even want to put that on Anthony Brown as much as I want to put that on why are you throwing the ball in that situation like it was a deep pass when all you needed to do was run the ball and run the clock out and you are getting dangerously close to getting to the point of just kneeling the game away, and you throw a 30-yard pass into
3: the end zone. What are you doing? I think he was trying to put that, you know, that proverbial nail in the coffin to say this game is over, but it almost cost you. And luckily it didn't, because Anthony Brown was 29 of 39. You know it was a pretty pretty good day. a damn near 300 yards, uh, what is it, 86.2 QB QBR. So it's not like he didn't play well. But in those 10 passes that he missed, like five or six of them were like, bro, what are you doing? Well, the first pick Who are you was throwing it to like, you know, so some his of those
1: first passes, interception was garbage. Like, what are, what are you doing, dude? There was like four guys over the middle playing zone and he just threw it into all four of them. And the one guy tipped it into the arms of the other guy. I was like, Oh, it was okay, very dude.
3: Paul Cruish of him. And I was like, okay, I don't know if this guy's on the take or anything, but either way, man, Anthony Brown, he showed that he can be a great core. He had a couple sideline throws. It was like, Ooh, that's a, that was a pretty good out. Like that was that was good. And then he'll have another one where he kind of floated the ball, and it was it luckily went out of bounds. But it was like, man, that was a was a bad throw. But you're winning, so you can't go away from him at this point. Like, and then you have to have your offense uh, learn a, a whole new quarterback, and that's I mean, because it will be different. Like, I mean, a lot of, a lot
1: of fans still want the new quarterback.
3: You're winning. Like the, I the get coaches
1: it. say, no way. And a lot of the old ducks, at least that we have on this station. Uh, Joey Harrington, Anthony Newman have been very staunch in their belief to stick with Anthony Brown. So I'm going to go ahead and lean towards them and the coaching staff who knows better than I do how these quarterbacks are playing in practice and say, stick with Anthony Brown. And yeah, you're six and one, you're a top 10 team. You're going to climb in the rankings this week. because a couple of top 10 teams lost looking at you, Penn state, by the way, nine overtimes with the new overtime rule. Really weird. Yeah, really weird. Like, I, I saw nine overtimes. And I was like, what? And then I remembered, oh, they changed it. So you only go for two, like one play after the second overtime. So strange. Anyway, um, so they'll be, they'll be even higher than rank 10 going into this week. You're winning games. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't look pretty, but yet you're still winning. So I guess just deal with it for now and hope that the next quarterback is a little bit more um, electric so that you can do more on offense and have more fun watching your team win games.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the plan. But right now, you're 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 winning games. No matter if it's ugly, no matter if you know whatever. Anthony Brown of the season, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, again, the definition of a game manager. But it doesn't seem to matter right now because the Ducks continue to find a way to win game, albeit ugly. They still find a way to win the game, and I think that's the most important part.
4: It's funny that in this game you see. Probably the best series from Anthony Brown all season to start the second half. Went right downfield. He was able to find Micah Pittman for a long game, was able to get to uh, Chris Hudson, and then that got them right at the goal line and was able, I think it was like five, six plays, just got him right down in the field. Boom, Ducks have the lead now. And it was like, Where's I, this I, right when I saw it, I was like, that has got to be the best damn drive from Anthony Brown all season. I was like, thank God, great timing for that. And then the last two drives have to be interceptions to kind of not so much takeaways production for the day. Because yeah, I'm totally with you guys that that was his best performance since Ohio State. But it was just like, damn it, man! Like, could you, like, could you, you have not? You had done gotten that the boobers off
1: your back this game. <laughs> yeah. You had played
4: well. What are you doing? Yeah, for sure. It was just like you know, you you had me this game. You you basically sold me. I mean, after last week him pulling that game out at the end and then beating Cal. I was like, all right, we're not going to see Ty Thompson for like, no, good, at all till next year. Yeah. We're not seeing him till next year. And then this game, the way it was progressing, I mean, did not start well, but then to respond, I thought when they were down 14, nothing right out of the gate, I was like, they're going to lose this.
1: Yeah. It felt like they were dead. I mean, we've seen that. We've seen that story. Multiple times this year, except it had been worse teams than UCLA that you were playing.
4: And just with the way that the offenses look this year, it's like, what what has led me to believe that they're going to be able to dig themselves out of this hole and And they couldn't
3: run the ball.
1: Yeah. And they still dug themselves out of the hole. Exactly. And until the turnovers late, we're pretty much in control of the game. Exactly.
3: So as it stands now, let me ask you guys this. As it stands now, if the Civil War were next Saturday, who do you think would win? Because I think it would be Oregon State.
1: I would pick the Beevs, I think. I, I, I've been saying it all year that I think that's gonna be a really difficult game for the ducks. It has been anyway, for the last few years, even when Oregon State was worse. It just it just felt like one of those, yeah, the Beaves are gonna are gonna get them here, but they don't play next week. So that's no, they the key. don't.
4: They don't <laughs> Oregon's got a chance to to
1: keep going and build a little momentum.
4: Uh, I'm taking Oregon. It's gonna be at Austin Stadium. I think that if it was in Corvallis, I think it'd be a totally different story, but I, I still like Oregon's talent way more than I like Oregon State's. Uh, so I I, I would have, have a cave been.
3: on cave on Thibodeau. Yeah, so
4: exactly. A, that's I an mean, important part. Such a game changer, man. He is unreal.
3: He reminds me of Aaron Donald. Like when I watch him, it's Aaron, Aaron Donald, like it's, it's, it, 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 it's the college version of what, you know, he was, it's like, well, man, this guy's crazy.
1: I'm really happy that we're finally seeing it because to start the year, you had the injury in the first game so he missed a couple of games and he got suspended for a half and you just like it felt like Kavon Thibodeau wasn't playing anywhere near close to his full level the last two games you watch him and you're like oh my
4: god holy hell that dude is insane and I have some uh, post game audio from uh, one Kavon Thibodeau with uh, Holly Rowe after the game here we go I mean it's amazing
3: it's always a blessing to be out here in front of our fans the loyal fans the team they drew up a great Scheme, coach the rooter, Coach ball they called
1: it a great game. And we were just able to be able to let it fly and, and play. Oh, thanks, KT. A great effing scheme. A great effing scheme, which he said on live TV on the national oh, ABC the, broadcast. Don't
3: ask me questions after I just won a big game. <laughs> like, don't ask me questions right now. You're going to get some F-bombs.
4: He just fell in the draft because of that. Yeah.
1: And by the way, and, and just as a little extra thought here before we break is, I thought they were still going to lose the game when UCLA's backup quarterback came in and started hitting those throws, I was like, are you kidding me? Here we go. This, this guy is going to come in and give the ducks their second loss and get them and knock them out of the college football playoff contention. And then he threw the pick. Like, as I was saying that he threw the pick to DJ James, I was like, ah, okay, never mind." So two really big wins for both the ducks and the bees that that civil war game or whatever you want to call it now is going to be really, really, really intriguing and interesting at the end of this year. That, that is that is the case. I hope that the Ducks still have one loss and I hope that the Beavs have I mean still have two losses or maybe just one more and it's like a one versus three loss team two top in the Pac-12 North Beavs can knock the Ducks into the college football playoff or e- even you know maybe the Pac-12 championship game or something like that have a lot on the line man that's going to be fun.
3: It's going to be awesome. a lot
1: of fun. Let's get let's take a little football break. And I want to slide a little Blazers in. We like the Blazers here on this show. And they've played two games. And we kind of are starting to already see after two games a little bit of the, the, the change in coaching style taking effect, which is good that it's happening so soon. We'll get to that next, and then we'll get into a little NFL, and then all the good stuff that you like, fantasy scramble, hate it or love it, and the, 10 o'clock hour, the 9 o'clock hour. I hate this so much. Uh, this is a Football Sunday on the fan. After the end of a good fight, Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. This is not the best time to have a fantasy football emergency. My waivers are in 11 minutes, and I found out Ramondre Stevenson is in a healthy scratch. And I'm starting him because it's bi week hell this week. <sighs> and the best running backs on the waiver wire are Royce Freeman and Jarek McKinnon. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean.
1: I'm going to start David Johnson.
3: I was just saying, we just finished talking about Oregon, so go Ducks. No, I'm not not, not
1: playing Royce Freeman. (laughs) I'll I'll start David Johnson when they're losing by 30 to the Cardinals and they're passing the ball. Hopefully he gets a lot of passes. That's awesome.
3: Royce Freeman still has a job. (sighs) So
1: stupid. All right. Um, Anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit of Blazers before I, I freak out too much about this. So the Blazers have played two games to start their new season. First game against the Kings. Uh, it's not pretty. They did have a fourth quarter comeback that fell short. Dame missed a, a three. He missed all of his threes that game. He was 0 for 9. Uh, I think that was the first time he missed every three he had taken in like four years. But uh, they lost to the Kings in the first game. And the defense was uh, not great. And uh, there, was, there was some improvement in the second half. You saw a little bit better defense, but generally it was that. And the offense was disjointed. You know that Chauncey Billups wants to do a bit more of a free-flowing, pass more, less ball-dominant guard-based offense. And we didn't see a lot of that in that first game. Now, full disclosure, I was not in a place where I could watch the Blazers last night. So I'm going to lean on you two, who I believe both watched the game yesterday. Um, I was following along, and I watched the highlight package, which shows all offensive highlights, which is good to see that. And I like the ball movement. More guys got involved. And uh, by the way, feel, I've read an article that said the Norm Powell knee injury is not considered serious. Remember, he left the game in the second half because of a left knee injury. That's not considered serious, which is good because he was like a really good first half. But I didn't really get to see any of the defensive possessions because the highlight packages don't like to show those. Did the Blazers look much better on defense because they beat the Suns who just demolished the Lakers the night before by like 40? and they held them to barely over 100
3: points. So how was the defense? Uh, I thought they were active, and I thought they were moving, which is something we're not used to seeing from them. Defensive rotation is like a cuss word here in Portland, but for whatever reason, they were using it, and using it relatively uh, often. So a lot of those easy – the one thing that used to drive me crazy about the Blazers is there would always be a corner three open for the defense always a corner three and i'm like why the hell is that dude open like every single time and that's the reason you get beat by an austin rivers or or a player that's not a great player but they're open and they're going to stroke those uh, short threes all day you didn't see a lot of that you didn't see a lot of easy trips to the basket you saw, you know, after the first guy got beat, somebody was there to help. So those are things that, honestly, I think that the, really for me, the help defense was something. I was like, oh, s word, like that's okay. Oh, okay, I wasn't expecting. And you think it might be just a, a one time mistake, but no, they were consistently trying to make sure that they um, were calling out where screens were coming from. I mean, it's, and it's really, if you're thinking about it, it's really basic kind of defense stuff. But it was basic stuff that the Blazers weren't doing. And so more than the scoring because Dame had 19 points. Do you remember last year how that started? And Dame was really trying to make sure he got CJ involved. So CJ shoot the ball. So CJ was for the first few games of the season going off for 30 and stuff like that. That's kind of what we're seeing now. He's Dame is wanting to be more of a facilitator and make sure everybody's getting involved. But uh, so far, I just, I I like the energy and if this is how you're going to play tough, then I'm it's the second game of the season, but you might have a chance.
4: Yeah, and uh, I'll I'll chalk the first game up to being an Nerds. anomaly. I mean, you had an O of nine, Damian Lillard from three, and then Harrison Barnes, who was wet from like everywhere that he took a shot, had an absolute career night. So I mean, those two things, that and you still only lose by three, you end up coming back i I'll take that you know, like I said, as an anomaly for that's not going to happen a lot right uh last night, and hopefully this does happen a lot, but yeah, Rashad hit it on the nose. The defense was active, they were moving, filling up passing lanes. How many times do you feel like last season that you would see a dude running out to the three point line to try and get a hand in the face of a guy just in already in shooting motion and draining a three That was not happening last night, seemed like Devin Booker whenever he went up for a shot, there was a dude within his shooting area, hand in his face. It was tough shots for him all night long and filling passing lanes active. And just right when they got the ball back from defense, they would run out on offense and they were quick. And I mean, this second unit also is going to be so much different because you don't have as much as people love Melo, the black hole that he was on offense. Um, it, I mean, I know we asked about defense, but it was an all-around great game. And well, I'm like just I, glad that the Moda Center got the experience of that because I felt like that first game, they were taken out of it all night long, couldn't get and into it. they were it. down by
1: double digits for most of the game. That's man. what
4: I'm saying is, like, that was not, like, the best opening night for the fans to watch. And last night, they kind of let it all out because it seemed like it was just on all facets. They were 100% hitting. It was great.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw the offensive highlights, and it, it did – Feel like the passing was improved, and, and, and that's one thing Chauncey Billups said is we want everybody to score, we want everybody to get shots. And you had Covington hit a couple of shots. You had, I mean, CJ was just hot.
3: Larry Nance Jr. had a couple of big, you know, big threes. It was like okay,
1: mm-hmm. and he played good defense. The only highlight in that package that was defense was him having a block, so that was good. But um, you know, Nurk, although he didn't have a great offensive game, was a good facilitator. He set good screens. He was part of the offense. He was part of the movement, and I think that's important. That And I, and I read somewhere that said that uh, CJ was really good defensively yesterday by being a guy doing extra rotations. Like He was constantly in the way of somebody when they, when they were making a certain move, which is – I mean, I, don't, I, I hope that's not a, an aberration because that is something that he needs to do a lot more of because he's a terrible defender normally. And if he can become a nuisance – even if he's not a great defender, yeah. if he can just become good what, enough to be annoying, then that's all that they need from him.
3: And that's what kind of what CJ, you know, is, is he's a a Patrick Beverly type of nuisance. And to where, like, I don't think Patrick Beverly is a shut down type of guard. Like, you can still get buckets against him. He's, no. a, he's a good defender. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in the sense that he's man, way he's better that's, than CJ. No, no, no. I'm saying he's somebody that's gonna he's going to knee you a little bit. He's going to CJ's going to give you a couple little, you know, elbows that no that the referee isn't going to see to the ribs. You know, he might do some Grayson Allen type stuff and put his toe out a little bit so you so you get tripped like CJ's kind of a be real he's he's kind of a he can be a little bit of a dirty player, you know, at, at times, but I'm not going to say you need that, but you need that. Like you you need some goons on your team and I I just think you'd be really better off if you had some of those guys. So I think if CJ can really with Chauncey Billups help who's one of the tougher point guards and defenders uh in nba history man they can give cj a lot of pointers on man how to be better you know at this stuff based on the little irritating stuff that you do now how can you be a better defender And i think last night was one of those times where you saw some of that put into action
1: well it's been two games and after game one everybody was roof falling off because that's how it always goes and now after game two they're going to win the title right so Little That's context
4: from the text line to keep in mind is that the Suns, yeah, back to back, second of back to back Blazers had a few days off. And I think the Suns, they put a lot of energy into that Lakers game. Too. Oh, for it's sure. Front they, time, yeah, but they wanted that. Night?
1: Here's the thing. Based on the way that the Blazers played in game one, I don't care who played who and how long they flew. I expected if they were playing the Suns, they were gonna get boat raised. The team that made the finals last year, the Suns, like that that is that That's a team I was terrified of in, in game two after how bad they looked against the Kings. So I'm very, very pleasantly surprised by what happened yesterday. And I hope that that is uh, we'll see a lot more of that because honestly, it's better basketball to watch more movement, better defense. The energy in that second half, Nasir Little coming off the bench, flying all over the place. Yep. Uh, Ant Simons is playing much better these first two games he looks like a true he looks stronger He looks like a true point guard his shot is so wet it's the weirdest shot because it looks like he like flicks his wrist barely and he just hits them constantly I was really really impressed yesterday from even just the highlights that I saw and I was able to watch like the first like five minutes of the game 10 minutes of the game I was like wow okay I'm seeing a lot better energy here So, yes.
4: You hit it on the nose with Ant and Nazir. I mean, those guys, you want to see, obviously, Anthony took a step last year, but you want to see him become that, like, six-man, basically, for this team. But I I feel like it's a big year for Nazir, Little. And as long as Chauncey gives him the opportunities, I'd love to see him take advantage of him like he's done these first two games because this is, what, year three now for him? Yes. Yes. Many people claimed he'd be one of the big he was one of the bigger steals of the draft class he was in. Top high school recruit, so much talent, raw, but there was a lot there. This is the year that he's gotta show up and start proving some of those people right.
1: Well and I think what's interesting too, and I saw this I was I was following along on the box score, was uh that they were the two guys who came off the bench first were Little and, and Simons, right? Yes. So That shows you right there how much trust that Chauncey Billups already has in those two guys. And if Simons plays like this, I mean, six man, yeah. Like, that's like Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson kind of stuff. Maybe not Jordan Clarkson level. He scores like 30 points a game off the bench. But just being able to go out there and hit a bunch of threes and just be the guy that hits shots on the bench is huge. And if he's got the confidence to do that, and if he has the leash to do that, it'll be so beneficial for the Blazers. When
3: I look at Nazir Little, I know if it's to break. When I look at Nazir Little, I... I see a little uh, Jalen Brown in him in the sense that, man, here's a guy that can, can knock down some big shots, can make some big shots for you, but also can be a really good defender in front of you. So I am so I think that could be his uh, his player archetype or, or you know, player arc if he, you know, really, really puts in the work. And Jalen Brown is really on the verge of being one of those great young players, you know, in the NBA. He already kind of is. But, man, I think Nazir Little can be definitely be that guy. We've known Simons can – has the potential to be for a long time. Now his body, he's finally starting to grow into his man body. And so it shows. I think this team is going to be pretty fun to watch if they play like they did last night.
1: All right, let's take a break. Coming up, it's hour two. We got Fantasy Scramble. If you have fantasy football start to questions, you can text them in 503-250-1080, and we'll get to them at 930. With uh, Jesse Osmond from Explicit Fantasy Football. We have Hated or Love It coming up at
2: 915 and more. This is Football Sunday on the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.